I'm a real supersonic, pass the ball like magic. Sean Kim or Larry Bird, the old school Mavericks. I got basketball cards, gonna sing a little more. I got basketball cards, now enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Godfather Nate Milton. And right now, I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, show me your basketball cards. In the spirit of the great names of the past, like Dikembe Mutombo, and not Michael Jordan, but Baby Jordan, Harold Miner, Drazen, Arvidas, J.R. Ryder bringing that East Bay funk. I bring to you the man who met World Be Free and Danny Ferry, your host and my brother, Zaire, also known as Bandana Z. We are back again on my basketball cards. Bandana Z here, your host is I here. Big shout out to Paris Alexa, the theme song singer of the show, and Nate Milton, the show intro guy. Now, here we are, talking about basketball cards. 1980-81 series by Tops, and this is the 10th episode in this third season that we talk about this series of cards, you know what I'm saying? And here we are with three players, once again, players from the pre-NBA boom uh, that had they played just a little later, we probably would remember a little bit more. Uh, one of these players has um, kind of resurrected in popular uh, basketball culture, especially if you're a Celtics fan. Um, but the other two players, you probably have never heard of at all. Here we are, the Warriors, Sonny Parker, the Blazers, Dave Tardzik, and the Celtics, Cedric Cornbread Maxwell. Now, I have never heard of Dave Tardzik. I kind of heard of Sonny Parker, don't know much about him. But I definitely know about Cedric Maxwell, especially being a Celtics fan. Cedric Maxwell can be heard doing the color commentary on the radio broadcast. So, pretty cool there, right? Um, so, let's go and let's talk about these players. Dave Twarzik is where we're going to start. He was a point guard. Left-handed point guard. Shout out to the lefties. I'm a lefty. Love being left-handed. Um, Dave Twarzik was a player who started his pro basketball career in the ABA. He um, was a rookie during the 72-73 season out of Old Dominion. And he actually was an ABA All-Star his third year. He averaged 13.6 points and 5.3 assists per game. Shot 54% from the field. Um yeah, he was he was an all-star that year. It was the only year of his career that he was an all-star. He played one more year in the ABA. All of his four seasons in the ABA were with the Virginia Squires. 75-76 uh, was his last year in the ABA. And then he came over to the NBA uh, after the merger. Played four seasons with the Portland Trail Blazers. And he was a member of the championship winning Portland Trail Blazers uh, team that we talked about a few episodes ago. 
uh, when we mentioned a player who helped lead the Blazers to a championship that we don't remember by the name of Bob Gross that we should remember because he played such a critical role in that series. So um, Dave Twardzik was a member of that squad in 77-76. Now, did he play lights out basketball in the NBA Finals? No. <laughs> he only averaged uh, six points per game during the Finals. But during that playoff run, he actually had some big games against the Bulls in the first round where he averaged 17 points per game. And in the second round against the Denver Nuggets, he averaged 12 points per game, four assists per game. So he made his contribution during that playoff run, uh, not necessarily in the NBA Finals, but in the other rounds, he did his thing. Um, I think he was getting outplayed in the NBA Finals because they, they had a very athletic uh, bunch of guards with the Philadelphia 76ers that year. Uh, one of them was World Be Free, one of my favorite players that we talked about in a previous episode. Um, so he goes to Portland and plays four years. Uh, first year averages 10.3 points per game. Uh, goes down to 8.9 points per game in 77, 78. Back up to 10.4 points per game in 78, 79. And 79, 80, which is his last year. He did not play in the 80, 81 season. He averaged 8.5 points per game and 4.1 assists. I do believe he led Portland in assists his final year in the NBA. I'm trying to make sure to confirm that, and I can confirm that. He led, well, actually, he led them with, I think, in total assists. Yeah, but uh, he averaged 4.1 assists. Dave Steele, oh, Dave Steele didn't play enough games. He only played 16 games. Dave Tor Larry Steele, sorry. Larry Steele played 16 games, averaged 4.2 assists, but Dave is the official assist leader with uh, 4.1 assists in 67 games played. Uh, that was his final year in the NBA where uh, the Blazers finished 38-44 and lost in the first round to the Seattle Supersonics, who went on to uh, make it to the conference finals where they lost to the Lakers and Magic Johnson as a rookie. So uh, Dave Twardzik, that's him. Um, not much to really say. He was a player who played big during the Blazers' playoff run to a championship. Uh, for his career, he averaged 9.3 points per game, uh, 3.4 rebounds. He was a serviceable guard. Um, first year with Portland, a uh, notable thing, while he averaged 10.3 points per game, he shot 61% from the field which is really good, and 84% from the free throw line. So he uh, definitely had his years where he was an efficient scorer. Overall, um, in his NBA career, he shot 55% from the field in his four seasons with Portland. So that's impressive. Um, his down year was his final year where he shot 46%. So, you know, and that's still not horrible. So um, that's Dave Twardzik for you, Dave Twardzik. <laughs> Let's do this for fun before we leave Dave Twardzik. What was his best game during the Blazers championship run in the playoffs? He did well in the first round against the Chicago Bulls. Uh, he had 18 in the first game that they won by 13, 19 in the second game that they lost by three, and 14 in the third game that they won by eight. 
So um, he played some really good basketball and was a key performer in the first seven games of the playoffs for Portland, where he scored double figures in every game, at least 13 points or more. Um, in the NBA Finals against Philly, in the because Philly went up two games to nothing, right? Um, but lost the last four, and they were blown out. Portland came back, uh, went came back home, won by 22, won by 32, then went back to Philly and won by six. And in the game that they went back to Philly, when it was tied two games to two, Dave Twardzik, uh key contributor. Had his biggest game in the final, scored 16 points um, and made four of eight shots, shot eight of 13 from the line, which is not that good, but still scored 16 points in a six-point win uh, to help his team go up three games to two. And then they won the final game of the series um, by two in Portland, and he had seven points in that game as well. So that's Dave Twardzik. We move on to Sonny Parker. Sonny Parker... Um, was a player who was drafted in the first round by the Golden State Warriors. Um, 17th pick of the first round. His son plays in the NBA right now. Uh, played for my favorite team this season, the Boston Celtics. Uh, his son is first round draft pick. He was a number two pick of the 2014 draft. Jabari Parker. That is the son of... Sonny Parker. Sonny Parker <laughs> played six years in the NBA, um, had a few good seasons um, during his run. But once again, he was the 17th pick of the 76th draft. And that 76th draft uh, we talked about in a previous episode, number one pick was John Lucas. Um, Sonny Parker all the way down at number 17. Um the most notable player of this draft. Uh, there were four of them, I believe, four Hall of Famers, maybe more, but the four that I can think of and see immediately, Adrian Dantley, Alex English, Robert Parrish, Dennis Johnson, all Hall of Famers uh, who played in the NBA and were drafted in the 1976 draft. Sonny Parker... His um, best season in the NBA was the 78-79 season when he averaged 15.2 points per game. Uh, Sonny was a one-year playoff guy. He played in the playoffs one year in 77. So his time with the Warriors, um, you know, that was after... Or actually, yeah, after they won their championship in 75. Uh, or did they win it? When did they win their championship? Because we talked about it in a previous episode with Rick Berry. They won their championship during the 74-75 season. Um, and so after that, Sonny Parker mm -hmm. arrived. So he wasn't a part of that run. Um, but he definitely made the playoffs one year with them. 78-79, his best season. He averaged 15.2 points, uh, 5.6 rebounds, 3.7 assists. Those assist totals were his um, career best as well as his point totals. Um, first three seasons, he shot over 50% from the field. Uh, six foot six, small four slash shooting guard. 
Um, when it came to the 80-81 season, um, that's when his career kind of went downward. Um, prior to the, the 80-81 season, he had scored in double figures in three of his first four seasons in the league. Uh, he went from 14.7 points per game in 79-80 to 6.5 points per game in 80-81. And in 80-81, his best game was an 18-point game in a 20-point loss against the Clippers. Um, he scored in double figures 20 times that year. Um and the Warriors went 36 and 37 in the games that he competed in that year. And overall, the Warriors were 39 and 43. So they actually better with him, but uh, they weren't that good that year. Uh, missed making the playoffs as well. His final year in the NBA will be the 81-82 season. He was only 26 years old. Uh, played 71 games and averaged 3.9 points per game that year. Overall, Sonny Parker averaged 9.9 .9 points per game in uh, 452 games. Um, actually finished 7th in the NBA in steals during the 79-80 season with 2.1 steals per game. That's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, that's that. He had a quick career in the NBA. By the age of 26, he was done. Not sure if he went overseas or not. Probably did. Um, That's pretty young. So he totally done as my alarm goes off. <laughs> Sorry about that. It's pretty um, pretty young to be done with basketball. So who knows? Maybe he went overseas. I'm not sure. But that's the info that I have on Sonny Parker, father of Jabari Parker, um, who still plays in the NBA. He was drafted. His son was drafted at 19 years old. And he's now 25, and people think he's old, but <laughs> he's a veteran, but he's still got a lot of basketball left in him. And hopefully, he's not out of the league like his dad was at <laughs> 26, because here he is. But um, I'm a Celtics fan, and I'm hoping that they kind of bring him back, because he actually uh, played pretty good in limited minutes this year, um, Jabari Parker did. So um, we'll see what happens with that. Finally... Um, the big guy, the main event of this basketball card is Cedric Maxwell, who, um, another one of those players that had he not played for the Celtics, we probably would not remember or be talking about him in the light that we talk about him. Um, here's a guy who was drafted by the Boston Celtics in the 77 draft number one uh, round, first round, 12th pick out of UNC Charlotte, which is not UNC Tar Heels, big North Carolina school. It's one of the um, mid-major North Carolina schools. But he made made a lot of noise at UNC Charlotte and uh, played really well and ended up getting drafted. Red Arbach, um, who is like arguably the greatest coach in the history of sports, you know, said, hey, um, let's try Cedric Maxwell. The Celtics were a bit on a, 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 they were on a decline um, in 76, 77. They were 44 and 38. But in Cedric Maxwell's rookie year, they went 32 and 50. 
And I want to say that was their worst record in quite some time. So we go back to 77-78. So the Celtics are 32-50. and And they had not finished that bad. They actually hadn't had a losing season since... 1949-50. So the Celtics went from 1950-51 all the way to 1977, 1976-77. Pretty much, um, what, 26 years? Or 20... Yeah, 26 years without a losing record. That's amazing. In the process of doing that, the Celtics won 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 championships. Then the bottom falls out and the Celtics uh, kind of start a rebuilding process. And they go 32 and 50. The first year Cedric Maxwell plays for them and the second year that He's with them. They're 29 and 53. This is 78, 79. Keep in mind, they drafted Larry Bird in 78, but he elected to go back to college. So the Celtics struggle for two straight years. Cedric Maxwell is a rising star on the team, but the team is not, they don't have much to write home about. Um, the legendary um John Havlicek is retiring during this time period. So, you know, Cedric in his second season averaged 19 points per game, shot 58, uh, a league leading 58%, 58.4% from the field. He also averaged 9.9 rebounds, so almost averaged a triple double, just, just right there, actually. Um, so that's his second season. Cedric Maxwell was never an all star, right? But we'll talk about what made him a legend. Uh, Larry Bird's first year, Cedric Maxwell starts every game he plays, 80 games, starts all of them, averages 16.9 points per game. The Lakers get better. I'm not the Lakers. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the Celtics get better. And they make it back to the playoffs. Uh, they win a ton of games, uh, 61 games to be exact, but they lost Four games to one to Philadelphia. Philadelphia is a more experienced team. They had been to the finals recently. Um, so the Lakers, uh, I keep saying the Lakers. Why am I saying the Lakers? I am a Celtics fan. <laughs> the Celtics are younger and kind of chasing the 76ers. <clears throat> so they lose four games to one. Uh, the next year, the Celtics go 62-20. and 20, And that's the year that they get Robert Parrish. Kevin McHale, all right? Uh, the year before, they don't have Robert Pierce and Kevin McHale. The year before is actually Dave Cowan's final year with the Celtics. Um, so when Kevin McHale arrives as a rookie, uh, he comes off the bench, but he averages 10 points per game off the bench, which is pretty good. And then you got Robert Parrish, who shows up averaging 18.9 points per game. Uh, Tiny Archibald is on the squad. He's the point guard, and then Cedric Maxwell is still there. Now, Cedric Maxwell's numbers go down a bit. He averages 15.2 points per game, but it's okay because they've got more help around him. Um, 
Another thing to mention, the prior season, he, he shot 60.9% from the field, which is still a team record, um, I believe. Uh, so we go 80-81, which is the biggest season of Cedric Maxwell's career. No, his stats weren't all time, but what he did, most important, was in the playoffs and in the finals, in 1980-81, Cedric Maxwell, not Larry Bird, was the NBA Finals MVP. Did you guys hear that? He was the NBA Finals MVP. Here's what he did. So, the Celtics overcame. They, they beat the Bulls in the first round. Swept them. Went on to face Philadelphia. And that's the battle right there. So they're down three games to one against Philly. They come back and win the last three games. They win game uh, five by two, game six by two, and game seven by one. Skin of their teeth. But they slide into the NBA Finals with a young nucleus of Bird, Maxwell, McHale, and Parrish. And here you are against Houston, who is a team under 500, who win, they win game one of the NBA Finals, and Cedric Maxwell only has 10 points, shoots four of 12. Not too hot, right? <laughs> game two, shoots three of eight, scores six points. This does not look like this is going to be the Finals MVP, right? But things change. In game three, the Celtics blow out Houston, led by Moses Malone, all right? Arguably the best player in the NBA in the early 80s. They beat Houston game three. Um, and actually, you know what? I said that wrong. They won game one, so it was one to one. They won game one. They lost game two, so let me fix that. But still, Cedric Maxwell did not have a really good game one. Game three, while it's tied one to one, Cedric Maxwell... Gets 19 points, 10 rebounds, and the Celtics beat the Houston Rockets by 23. Game four, they lose. So it's a 2-2 series. They lose by five at Houston. Cedric Maxwell, 24 points, 14 rebounds, and a losing effort. Game five, right? Game five. They beat Houston by 29. They pound them in Boston Garden. Cedric Maxwell, 28 points, 15 rebounds. Shoots 10 of 13 from the field, 8 of 10 from the line, 3 assists, 2 blocks, 1 steal. And finally, the game 6 clincher. Celtics go down to Houston, right, and hold off the Rockets. In 40 minutes of action, they hold off the Rockets, who were trying to make a comeback at the end of the game, but it didn't quite work. Yes, Larry Bird led the team in scoring with 27 points, and Ann had 13 rebounds as well. But Cedric Maxwell scored 19 points, had six assists, five rebounds, shot seven of 11. In that game as well, Moses Malone, 23 points, 16 rebounds. Um, Robert Reed, who was a player that many people don't remember, but he was a talented scorer in his time, 27 points. Uh, but he just didn't have enough 
to hold off the Celtics, um, who also got 18 points from the big chief, Robert Parrish, and 13 points and 12 assists from Nate Tiny Archibald. And yes, Cedric Maxwell named the finals MVP. That was a crowning moment in his career. Um, something that no one could take from him. His jersey ended up becoming retired um, later on. Later, later, later on. <laughs> but yeah, um, his play was, was rewarded with that honor. He also uh, competed for Boston all the way until 1985. He won a second championship with the Celtics during the 84 season, 83-84 season, when they beat the Lakers four games to three. Um, in that series against the Lakers, he averaged 13 points and 5.6 rebounds. After that, um, he had some injury issues. And um, actually, he had the injury issues in the 85 season. Um, and he wasn't quite the same player. Um, and I think he said he may have tried to come back too early or, yeah, there were criticisms that he wasn't trying to come back fast enough on the team and he was doing his best. But, you know, during that time period, people kind of judge you and said, oh, you're soft if you don't, you know, push through the injury and all of that. But he was hurt. And during these times, things will be handled a little bit differently. But um, his name was kind of dragged through the mud and he was shipped out of Boston um, to the L.A. Clippers in 85-86. Cedric Maxwell was booted and traded for Bill Walton. Uh, now, Bill Walton is an all-time great center, but he had a lot of injury issues, too. Uh, however, Red Arbach, in love with Bill Walton, gets him on the squad, and um, the Celtics go on and win a third championship with Bill Walton coming off the bench, and what a great addition to the Celtics. However, Cedric Maxwell was sent to Siberia, known as the L.A. Clippers, <laughs> and uh, his first year with the Clippers, he actually averaged 14.1 points per game, which was um, the most points he had averaged. And this is the 85-86 season. He had averaged 14 points since 81-82. So, he actually had a solid season, but the Clippers were the Clippers. Um, they finished 32-50 and 50 that year. Actually had a talented roster. When you look at the names on this roster, you had Marcus Johnson, who we talked about in a previous episode, Norman Nixon, Benoit Benjamin, uh, James Donaldson. You had uh, some names on here, some, some talent. Derek Smith was another player. Um, the problem is that um, there were some injuries. Derek Smith averaged 23.5 points per game, but was hurt after 11 games. Uh, Norm Nixon averaged 14.6 points per game, but played 67 games. Uh, another player named Kurt Nymphius, who a lot of us don't know, but he averaged 12 points per game, played 67 games. So uh, the injury bug, James Donaldson, 14 games that season. Um but he may have been traded. I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, I think he was traded to Dallas that year, so that doesn't count. Um, but still, the injury bug hit them after a hot start. I think they <laughs> they won maybe like their first uh, four or five games. 
yeah, they started out 5-0 and oh and uh, finished 32-50. and 50. So, <laughs> it looked good uh, in the first five games, and then everything kind of went south for your L.A. Clippers. And then the next season, Cedric Maxwell was there. They went 12-70. and 70. Yuck. <laughs> 12 and 70 and 86 87. And that was Cedric Maxwell's final year with the Clippers. He got up out of there. Uh, actually, he didn't even last the whole season. Um, he was sent to Houston. So if you look, uh, here's the deal the Celtics traded him to the Clippers uh, with the 86 first round draft pick. You want to know what that first round draft pick became? The L.A. Clippers actually drafted, well, let me not say this. I'm wrong. I'm about to say the wrong thing. The L.A. Clippers traded the pick that became Arvidas Sabonis. You got that? So it was a first round, late first round draft pick that was traded um, from the Clippers, I mean from the Celtics to the Clippers. Celtics had a good season, so it was a late first-round draft pick. The Clippers ended up trading that pick to the Blazers. The Blazers selected Arvidas Sabonis. Now, Boston uh, gets Bill Walton, like we mentioned before. Then in 87, Maxwell is traded from the Clippers to the Rockets for a 1987 first-round draft pick, which the Clippers used to draft Joe Wolf. Of course they did. <laughs> And a 1989 pick, which was later used to draft Chucky Brown. And the Cavs ended up getting that pick. But Joe Wolf, yeah. Um, <laughs> shout out Joe Wolf. He made it to the NBA. I didn't. So he can probably like laugh at me because I'm not in the NBA, never have been. Joe Wolf has been in the NBA and he played a few years and made some money. So shout out to him. Um, so, yeah, so. Cedric Maxwell played with the Houston Rockets at the end of his career. Uh, two years, was able to play alongside Akeem, or at the time he was Akeem Olajuwon. He later became Hakeem Olajuwon. And Cedric, by that time, uh, was not a starter anymore. Um, he came off the bench, uh, played 46 games in 86-87 uh, after being traded. 7.2 points per game, uh, didn't start a game. And in 87-88, played 71 games, averaged 3.8 points per game. Off of the bench, uh, let's see, did he do anything in the playoffs with the Rockets? Yes, two years with the Rockets in the playoffs. They made it to the Western Conference semis where they lost to Seattle. Four games to two, and Seattle made it to the conference finals uh, with a losing record that year. Um, and Cedric Maxwell, once again, just a role player in that series, uh, in that playoff run. They beat Portland in the first round three games to one. And then in 88, 87-88, they lost to Dallas. And that was when Dallas made it all the way to the Western Conference Finals as well. Cedric Maxwell played um, in four games that series, but very limited minutes. Um, they lost three games to one in the first round. And that's the end of Cedric Maxwell's career. Um, once again, his jersey was retired by the Celtics. Some people think he should be in the Hall of Fame. And I think the Hall of Fame is more than just stats. I think it's about moments. And it's about 
what you did in great moments, um, along with stats. And the Basketball Hall of Fame is very generous. Um, you've got players from all over the world who have been inducted because of their contributions to the game. And uh, with Cedric Maxwell being a Celtic that helped lead his team to a championship and win finals MVP, with him being a two-time champ, with him being a critical part of the Celtics' revival. No, he wasn't the leading man. Of course, we all know it was Larry Bird and Kevin McHale uh, and Robert Parrish were uh, the guys two and three, uh, if you want to say it that way. But Cedric Maxwell definitely did leave his mark on the franchise and had his moments where he played big-time basketball, and, and if Larry Bird was having an off night, you could go to Cedric Maxwell, and he could carry the team on his back uh, here and there. So um, should he be in the Hall of Fame? Um, yeah, why not? You know, he had some big moments early on in his career, and he um, it's not his fault that he was let go and sent away for Bill Walton because he would have won three championships had he stuck around. But with all that being said, um, Cedric Maxwell – Definitely is a, a guy that's entertaining. Man, he has a mouth on him. He says what's on his mind. It's sort of like in the vein of Charles Barkley. Um, just not, he wasn't the uh, player that Charles Barkley was. Charles Barkley was a big time international superstar who made it to the Olympics and all of that good stuff. So he, um, his, his mouth is, is bigger. <laughs> and he may, Charles, Charles Barkley does say some outlandish stuff sometimes, but he says what's on his mind right away. Cedric Maxwell is kind of in that same vein, and it's fun to listen to him broadcast the games with the Celtics. Um, he is an all-timer when it comes to just, you know, saying things that might make you laugh or doing things on air, like eating <laughs> during a game. And it's like, hey, that's Cedric. That's Cornbread. That's his name. Um, so that's real cool. Um, to just be able to listen to the games and hear him. Nicknames, Cornbread, Max, Sed, and the Rubber Band Man, they called him, during his time. Uh, so, yeah, big time, big time, big time uh, moments from Cedric Maxwell. That is the 10th episode of this season of My Basketball Cards, where we talk about the 80-81 Tops series. Thank you so much for tuning in. It's been a pleasure to do this series. I don't know. We might end it right here. I got to make an executive decision, see if we're going to go to another year. And if we do, we will come back to the 8081 season. If we do, leave it. Not sure yet, but stay tuned and you will see. This is my basketball cards.